where do we start? <laughs> oh, trust me, they're going to start just like this. Hey, everybody, this is a podcast. I'm not editing anything because I'm bitter and angry. This is my co-host, Seabass. Hey, Seabass. Yo, what's up, everybody? <laughs> <laughs> Y'all expecting a format today? Ain't happening. <laughs> nope. Rant on rant, huh? So this is a kind of impromptu podcast. This is uh, for timeline folks is going to happen immediately after we just sat down and had a nice round table discussion with the court games RPG podcast, our sister podcast um, who, you know, they have a clear future in this community. Um, I don't know what I'm doing or what this ch- podcast is doing. <laughs> so, not being as well behaved as the last one. <laughs> I mean, I never have been, let's be honest. <laughs> um, like this ca- like Court Games LCG podcast. This is clearly not the Court Games LCG podcast because this is not uh, Alphavar is not a living card game. It is the Court Games dead <laughs> card game podcast. Uh, the complete now. card game. Complete. Oh. <laughs> this uh, oh, it's back to being CCG. Uh, oh, I mean, you can't. You can't technically. Oh, I get it. I was like, you can't collect it, you know, if you want a pile of worthless cardboard. But okay. Uh, so yeah, uh, obvious things are obvious. The court ge- or the FFG era of the card game has ended. Um, I've got emotions about it and stuff. And this podcast is largely going to be me just kind of like free balling. I'm trying not to be too pessimistic um, it's easy to be in this situation hey when i first yeah. heard the news i immediately thought oh no trevor <laughs> like, you know because you've worked really hard for well i don't I mean, everybody knows but but sure i mean and i'm not the only one like uh we exactly. mean you were just talking a second ago um it's weird for us as fans who have so much of our you know, adult lives wrapped up in the machinations of a, you know, fantasy game setting that clearly doesn't care about us. And it's kind of like weird to wrestle because you have to balance like, so there's this game and more importantly, it's the community around it that we truly love deeply in our hearts of hearts. Um, And we have this corporation above it that just doesn't seem to care and all the issues thereof. And like, like, it's a kind of an existential crisis. Like, what am I putting efforts towards? What are my goals? What am I trying to preserve? So what I'm saying, like, I want to just be ranting on raving all right now and stuff. The only reason I'm not doing that is because I don't want to have the listeners abandon all hope for what the future of this game and this community might be. How are you yeah. feeling right now? I'm on the same boat. You know, I, I don't want... I I am certain that there will be more, whether that come from a different product from FFG, like they've hinted at, or whether that be from the community, like the Jade Court, um, their organized play that they're going to start. But I do think this is the proper time to give criticism towards how the LCG has been handled or managed, handled, marketed. Shoot, I can only imagine all the things that Finbar would be saying right now, too. Because <laughs> he's you know marketing guy that he thinks about all this stuff, too. But um like coming from yourself i mean you're you're not a stranger to marketing and and the organized play scene and stuff like that too right 
Correct. I mean, I'm not a. I don't work in marketing like Finbar does and stuff. Yeah. But I've been part. Well, I've been trying to promote this property for a long time and stuff. And my work with anime conventions and other projects like that. I'm not mm -hmm. unfamiliar with that. And um, I was saying earlier, it's very easy to sit here in armchair like game company and make criticisms of FFG and stuff. Uh, when we've never actually, let's be fair, we've never actually run a company or whatever and stuff, but holy boy, does it seem like just such obvious missteps that the fan base had been screaming for, which, and then like, it seems to have culminated in the death of the game. Uh, and it's just hard to do with what to do with these, uh, these emotions and these feelings. And, uh, you know, like to, I got my told you so, does that help anybody? No. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, but you know, there there's such a, a vocal there are a few vocal opinions that are shared by many. And you can see it on Facebook groups, you can see it on Discord. Uh you can well, I don't know about Reddit, but even if we're not experts in marketing or whatnot, there are some things that people are shouting like this was the issue all along or something. So I think I'd be interested in knowing if, if you agree or disagree with some of those. Yeah, uh, we get into some of those things and stuff. And I'm also like, one of the reasons I want to get, I don't want to get too much into like, oh, that I can tell you exactly why it died and stuff. Because, <laughs> uh, well, L5R is so many different things to so many different people. And depending on which piece of L5R really speaks to you, you could see a lot of other parts and stuff that is like, this is the, the death of the game. Like, if we just talk about mechanics, the dueling mechanic has been controversial since the game's inception. And if you are not a crane player and stuff, you can easily point to like, this is just a bad cumbersome game design that needs to go and stuff. However, it's also very precious to the people who love the dueling mechanic. So it's like, it's not very, uh, you can't just go like, this is a problem. This is a problem. Although I'm going to do that right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we get too much of the negative thing, I wouldn't like let's tell people if they don't know. Um, if you wish to be involved or want to know what the plan for official Legend of Five Rings intellectual property lie, uh, we have the rest of this current cycle, it's going to come out. Then there is going to be a new premium box set under Fooling Shadow, which is going to. Uh, be like a co-op slash multiplayer set and for the solo game. play. Yeah. And solo play. So you can play by yourself in this in these pandemic times. Mm -hmm. So if you if you really enjoy like official product, there are it's still some tail end of what you can buy. Um the RPG line of things is going to continue at Edge Studios. Uh they are preparing to release the rest of the books. Uh Econite Books is continuing the story, at least they they have at least three years worth of novels ready to keep coming out. And indications on Twitter from that company have indicated that they're looking into how to incorporate the story. Uh, Fantasy Flight Games has said that they're going to put out a last collection of interactive story choices to figure out how this chapter of the FFG storyline ends with fan input uh, how things are going to change and there is a vague promise from Fantasy Flight that there may be L5R air quotes product coming out in the future so you know let's give the propers where they're due that's what you can expect from them um, aside from that 
I personally do not plan on spending any money on an official Fantasy Flight product ever again, if I can avoid it. Because <laughs> I'm just like, my consumer confidence is absolutely shot, I have to say. What about you, CVS? Yeah, so, you know, my my first experience and appreciation for, for FFG came from their Star Wars line of products, and the RPG and whatnot, and the tabletop um, strategy game and stuff. That was really fun. I felt like they did, um, they're really faithful to the material. They really you know, delivered on the experience that you might be expecting out of that property or, or, you know, a game based on that property. Same with L5R. I feel like they did a really good job of correcting a lot of the, maybe the more contentious things from how the prop- property used to be presented through the story, the artwork, gameplay, maybe even too. Um, but yeah, as far as buying more FFG products in the future, it's hard for me to say that I'm going to boycott them when they have other products I appreciate too. Like, and I think also the Cthulhu stuff too, right? The, like the, um, what is it called? Uh, Arkham? Yeah. The Arkham series stuff. Like, and I don't know, but it's complicated to say that I, Hate them so, forever. How dare they? You know? <laughs> so, like, yeah, let's not, I don't want to go say like I hate them. It's like I said, um, I try to use the words my consumer confidence is shattered because yeah. we have, keep in mind, I'm not very familiar with FFG prior to when they got L5R and stuff, but from the horror stories I've heard, like getting into like their products and stuff and seeing all these like sister products and their life cycles. I don't yeah. see like why anyone would trust this company to have any kind of like long-term stuff. If you want to buy a board game, if you want to go out and buy Twilight Imperium, that's fine. Cause you're going to have Twilight Imperium and like that, you know, a board game is just something that sits on your shelf. So you, you pu- pull people over like once a month, maybe pull it out and stuff, play a board game. That's fine. Um, anything that has like a long tail, like an organized play, some sort of competitive streak. Uh, I don't see why someone would keep buying something from fantasy flight because it's not just L five R, uh, you know, um, I'm not familiar with all their games, but I do know like their games keep sh- getting shot down. Netrunner was a licensing issue as far as I know, but, yeah. um, uh uh game of thrones got shut yes, down right. for very like questionable reasons like oh the we're we've reached the end of the book series you don't need the end of the book series to keep the cards going don't blow smoke <laughs> up our ass jesus christ uh for all of their like their 300 star wars products half of them die you know within a couple of years from yeah. what i can tell it's true um Jeez, so FFG is like you know it's one facet of Asmodee, but they're actually a small organization, aren't they? Like they're a small company. Um, yes and no. Um, they are kind of a small company when you like compared to something like Hasbro. Absolutely, they're a small company. Um, they are. They're kind of an in-between. I think they're, they're in-between status of not being quite small and not being quite big is where you see all these growing pains coming from them. Yeah. Uh, and also they have Asmodee, which is like this big, faceless mother corporation from France who I think are more bottom-line oriented. Um, but yeah, they just seem to have a, a preference for... They like getting uh, licenses for IPs. They love to launch a game. I don't like to follow through on a game from what i can tell 
You know, there's some uh, there's discussion online that I saw that kind of makes sense to me, and it kind of feels like if FFG had their way, they would have continued this until you know who knows how long. But it almost feels like they're being stripped or they're being demanded by the parent company, and because um, you can see how like the story has this macro pacing of like, or no, I'm sorry, micro pacing because it's like short amount of time with so much happening and so much story and now they've gone to rush this macro pace of like oh all of a sudden akuma no Oni. and um <laughs> uh it almost feels like they were told from upstairs you know what i mean like i don't think ffg and the people working there and the people who work on l5r who act who really do love this game and they're all fans in their own right um i don't really think this was what they intended or what they prefer you know this wasn't in the plans yeah, I mean, there's lots of rumors and some inside information, and it would be like it's all speculative and kind of uh, inappropriate for us to like declaratively say anything and stuff. But just being an outsider yeah. looking in, there are a bunch of red flags for how they do things. Keep in mind, last year, out of nowhere, they shut down their RPG line and sent it over to uh, England for Edge Studios. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they had that. Uh, um, FFG Digital, which was supposed to create a online uh, avenue for people to enjoy their games and stuff, had picked up, like launched right about the time that F, uh, uh, L5R started at FFG, and then died uh, last year as well. It had like two and a half years, not even a chance to really do anything. Done, you know. Um, just a lot of like decisions that are so sudden it can only like it only makes sense to me since it's coming from some manager somewhere near the top of either ffg or asmo day just saying like no we're just gonna throw a bunch of peak slips this uh this direction and we don't really care about what the the follow-up is you know Um, right this was maybe an experiment just to see how it would do maybe (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but sorry i should also for everything i'm saying take it with a grain of salt uh audience you know we don't know we don't know anything and stuff, but we you know what? <laughs> I will say this: we don't know what's going on over there. Just like we don't know that the LCG model for distributing a game is a really stupid model that is like very <laughs> pre- prohibitive for new players to get in and stuff. But you know what? I'm pretty sure. And now today, I'm really sure. <laughs> Isn't like KeyForge hot, hot? Like that's an, that's technically oh, yeah. an LCG, right? So the story goes, and I'm like taking this from like a combination of like hearsay and also what the old manager was it Alex Navarro, I think it was his name was that used to work at Fantasy Flight, uh, and he left a while ago. He also left like, hey, by the way, I'm leaving. Also, I'm gonna like we're going to sunset some other titles since I think it was the time that the like, Game of Thrones went down. Mm-hmm. You know, they just arbitrarily kill you. Like, by the way, this game's over. Um, but they had mentioned at that time that the LCG model was designed when the CCG market admittedly is rather bloated. And when it was either the, the legend of the five ring or no, no, it's either the, uh, um, Lord of the rings or, and, or the game of Thrones titles that were like suffering at the time. And they rebranded it into a living card game to keep that community alive and keep that brand going a little further and stuff. And it was fine for if you are a 
community that's kind of set like there's not no one's leaving or no you're not gaining anybody but you're not losing anybody and stuff so you could just like sell these people a complete collection of cards every month and keep them pacified and stuff um for legend of the five rings it's something that was like trying to grow you know the first year actually i take that back oh yeah day one the decision of like what do you mean i've got to buy three core sets i'm going to spend 120 dollars on this game on day one to find out if i'm interested in this title which is ridiculous mm-hmm. if the game was not dying and you tried to get into it right now. You have to spend upwards of like $700 to get all the core sets, all the product packs. Now, hypothetically, you could just say like, oh, you know, what? I'm just only going to get the cards I want for my deck and stuff. But you know what? If you're just going to a store how, uh, and you're getting into the game, how do you know what your deck is? Also, every time they release a new thing, it shakes up the meta. You might suddenly need a, another car and stuff. And there's absolutely no avenue to buy singles for this game. So exactly. It is right. like, cannot get into this game, period. Yeah, <laughs> the, and, and the whole onus is like, you're going to buy this whole core set that has every single clan in here. No matter if you're ju- if you are just interested in one clan, so <laughs> there's a lot of waste involved in this particular LCG format or plan that they had uh, because there's a lot of things you're probably not going to use. But yeah. I don't know. it's not something you can really do. Like you know, it, it, Alpha like, the community was always going to be the size it's going to be, and then get smaller. It was kind of like a doomed model to begin with. Uh, we begged early on people who like go to conventions talk to people talk to staffers and stuff like please can we make a starter pack this game needs a starter pack like a lot of people have stories like mine where i'm at my local game store we're playing the game and stuff and someone comes over like hey those cards look cool i like samurai what's this all about and i give them this pitch and stuff like okay sign me up where do i get a starter like oh no there's no starter you gotta buy like five thousand dollars worth of cards and then yeah. just kind of walk um, yeah, <laughs> it's ridiculous. That's at least um, one glaring big problem. And I kind of wonder in in another alternate dimension where FFG was only selling clan packs in maybe a similar way to how they're doing Keyforge right now, maybe. But um, and then like the neutrals were in their own packs or something. I don't know. Like, Keyforge is like the, the reason Keyforge makes so money. I don't even know if it well it's it's still going on so it must make money, but um it makes yeah, money because you buy the game every time you play it, you know if if it was me I would buy an L five R booster pack every single single week you know every day I would buy a booster pack you know but I don't have that option because once I buy a pack I've got all the cards I need yeah <clears throat> I, and I, I I'm not even in a situation of like oh let's say I want to buy I want to have two decks. Well, it's not a second a matter of buying sec- a second pack. It's I've got to buy an entire collection to have the card pool because all of my fine katanas are in my main deck, and there's like exactly. there's only so many things running around. Exactly, right? And you know, you figure the the mind space originally was like, okay, you're going to buy a core set. Well, you can share your cards with whoever you're playing with in a way, I think. But it uh, then you have to share all the like the super op cards, like everything that has rally on it, basically. Um, <laughs> with whoever you're playing with. Okay, I'll take uh, one, and then you take two, and the next round we'll switch. I'll take two, and you take one. I don't know. Maybe we'll just both only have one deck each. Yeah. 
I, I did a thought experiment a few months ago. I had the idea of like, what if I took like, you know, I got like ten thousand dollars. I bought a crap load of four sets, right? I can break them apart and then sell all cards individually as singles and stuff. You actually do create a market where some cards are inherently more valuable than others because fine Katana or court games are cards that need to go into almost every deck. So they are in far more demand and stuff. Um, something like um, a lucky frog card, you know, is basically worthless because no one plays it because it's a terrible card. Oh, good omen. Yeah, that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, then we also have the issue of the organized play. This is where we kind of go into where, like, so in the world where the game is now dead, someone has, is going to come out and say, they've already come out and say, like, well, technically, you've still got your cards and you can still play the game and stuff. That is technically true. And it's also, like, you know, ridiculous because these games are not necessarily like the the game that you're playing is not the game it is the ongoing organized play tournament structure kotai series that you're doing like me when me and max sit at a kitchen table and we're playing yeah we're having fun playing and stuff but we're actually practicing for an upcoming tournament you know and the the eye is always the next ball and stuff uh without that structure you know i'm not going to up on a plane and fly to Texas and go into a local game store. Like, hey guys, anyone in here want to play some L5R? And I'm not going to, A, I'm not going to do that. B, I'm also but, not going to find a corner in some random. <laughs> uh, but you'll find Texas. me there. <laughs> I mean, I'll be yeah. that guy in the room because I'm in Texas. Anyway, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but my, my, point, my point remains, you know, right? Yeah. And, and it's not just like, so talk about things that misprint uh, are played. Um, Keep in mind, when I talk about this stuff, the people involved, the or people running organized play are fantastic. Tyler yeah. and the designers are fantastic. Katrina Ostrander yes. uh, running the story, fantastic. There's many individuals who are their soul into this game, and it's yes. the, the death of this game is not their fault. I don't blame them at all. I blame the company for not giving them the support uh, because members of organized play have told me while they're doing this stuff like, hey, every time that we, we can't just have an L5R tournament, the small organized play team, whenever they go to a convention or something to run an event and stuff, they have to take all of their games and run them simultaneously. So already there's crunch for t like manpower and space that they can run things in. And then like, they're, some people like the prizes in this game. Honestly, I thought, it was, thought the prizes were pretty freaking lackluster in this one. You know, you just have some alternate card arts and stuff at best. <laughs> you know, the, the alternate cards aren't even like good cards that people play. <laughs> it was never really uh, good, well thought out and stuff. Yeah, pretty standard stuff, but, you know, uh, pretty what what's what you expect, but not yeah. something that differentiates. Um, I'm not, I don't want to harp too much on the convention stuff because that one was a on paper this sounds good we're going to chalk it up to year one mistakes where the first year of Kotai tournaments were um, famously in anime conventions because you know if we're in a boardroom and people say like, "Hey, we have this game that's about Japanese samurai. Who who are people who like Japanese samurai? I don't know. Probably those people who like Japanese cartoons and stuff." Uh, take it from me as someone who loves L5R and runs an anime convention. Um, 
surprisingly little there, there are some but there's surprisingly little overlap between people who like samurai stuff and people who like anime <laughs> also if i'm someone who let's say i only care about l5r i've got to pay extra money to get into an anime convention i gotta hang out with all these weebs i don't want to hang out with and <laughs> What do you mean? Uh, <laughs> but it's just a painful experience when I could like we could have just did this out of like a game store. We could have just did this out of a hotel and been a lot easier. So my me as an L5R focused player is you know hindered already and stuff. Now let's say I am a, like because me I am a weeb. I love anime conventions and stuff. Let's say we're gonna have an L5R convention at this anime convention. Guess what? I can't go see this anime convention that I spent all this money on a badge for and a hotel fee for because I'm trapped in the game because the game takes like 12 hours yeah. to play. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's a lose-lose situation. <laughs> this point and last point points towards things that take money away from what money they could be making on this product because, I mean, they're going to have to pay to rent that space. The ticket money doesn't go directly to them. Also, like we talked about before, like creating a market where people are selling cards off of their core sets because there's just a lot that they don't want to use because they're not fans of every clan. That's a lot of money that's being passed around within, or that's outside. It's not going directly to FFG at that point. I don't want to hark on the convention stuff too, because that's something that they ended up fixing and stuff. But, um, you know, uh, overall, like the organized play, they and they're pretty admitted uh, about it. Like, hey, we don't have the bandwidth to really support any one game as well as it needs to be supported because every game has its own like niche and needs and wants and desires and things that like would really make it shine. Like having half a dozen uh, people, you know, scrambling for five different games isn't going to serve any of those communities very well. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Matt Holland when he he was on the team and he talked, we talked. He was very open. It was at Gen Con. He's just like, "Hey, I just got hired. I don't know what a Hatamoto is, and you know what? None of the entire company has really been able to explain to me what it is." Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that brings up uh, the funny point of like, why don't we just like, why don't we um, just speak like? Because there's a lot of Japanese lingo in there. There's a lot of Japanese language in there, but mm -hmm. some of it is translated like it's, some of it is just using english words some of it's specifically using japanese words that created some confusion there well yeah the you have the issue of you have this japanese inspired game that uses a lot of language um that people aren't going to know necessarily what's going like sure the average person off the street is not going to know what a hataboto is and stuff i tell you what People do know what an element is. And when you have a whole tournament season of like, so we have like the ele elemental uh, tournament series, then we have the elemental uh, uh, stronghold series, and then we have the stronghold elemental series. Like I'm exaggerating slightly, but they had a lot of like overlapping languages for a lot of their terms that they would do. <laughs> yeah. I'm sitting there with my, my friendly local uh, game store person trying to order product, and we're just looking at, like, four different things that have, like, basically the same name. I'm trying to explain to him what the difference between all of them are. It, like, doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. Yep, exactly. Uh, one thing I do know that gets kind of pointed out of, like, why, oh, F of R can't be that, because it's, it's samurai. Samurai kind of niche um it's kind of ridiculous because so when l5r uh 
uh, left AEG's hands and went over to FFG. It was very disappointing. Trust me, I was there. Um, but then when they get the build up, oh, there was massive like buzz for the game. It was like the highest or the, the biggest debut at Gen Con and just like in the in the uh, gaming community of 2017. I mean, keep in mind, like they announced, like we're gonna they're gonna do the Kikumetsuri at Gen Con. Um, everything sold out instantly to the point where they had to do several rounds of expanding the venue to fit all the people. And I think it ended at somewhere like 800 people trying to get into Gen Con just to get some L5R product and see what the new game was going to be. Um, there were scalping tickets like the, the black market for uh, a ticket to the kikumatsuri not including your gen con badge or your hotel or other things like that, but just to get like the kikumatsuri ticket was like 250 300 500 dollars things were Dang. going for i know <laughs> I, paid those. I paid like 250 dollars to get a kikumatsuri ticket and stuff uh hey kid, they had you want some kikumatsuri tickets it only costs you an arm I bet a shady guy in the back alley had exchanged money for a product I wasn't quite sure was going to work, you know. Um, and like there was there was a, a a parade of they had hired some models in tur- in um in a samurai armor. Uh, they had this massive presentation, and they had like an Oots bonsai that re- like famously reverberated the entire. Uh, Hall H of Gen Con, like the entire card room and stuff, heard like op- up to a thousand people yelling for this game at one yeah. time. 2017, like three years later, the game is dead. Like, how do you Crazy. piss away that much interest and goodwill? You know, like, I don't think they could have done it hard unless they deliberately did it, you know? <laughs> yeah. So you've brought up, we've, I mean, you've already, we both brought up some things that have contributed, possibly snowballed into this end. Um, but I think some of the main big things is like, is the game just too complicated? I mean, a lot of tournaments were just ending from, for time, right? Like, rather than it being a win-loss uh, for skill. <laughs> uh, hard for me to say. I know there's going to be some folks who are very adamant about what their answer is but um i don't know if complicated like for one you can't tell me that the the company that makes twilight imperium can't figure out a way how to market a complicated game you know don't blow smoke up my ass on that uh i if the game is complicated i think they're in like people like i think it's been a long time staple of the game like there's a level of crunch and complexity that um community has enjoyed throughout both versions of the game that being said uh the game needed like to smooth over some of the rules for sure um they needed to find ways to accelerate some things and uh yeah just like it just really needed the benefit of a core 2.0 things to fix some things that were just fundamentally off about the game um the game after like the edits that had come up over the last three four years uh we got it from being a game that took like an hour and a half to like you most players could get it done in like 20 30 minutes and stuff the problem is when you go to a tournament there's always going to be a table or two or like most of the tables will be done like 20 30 minutes and stuff then you have a handful of uh, tables that we're all just waiting to finish things up that will go to the clock almost every time because some of that is like 
you will just get into a situation where it's like, no, we be like, we're, we're all like very skilled players. We all still need to like sit down and like work out this problem of like what's going on on the board right now. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's something that's less fun is sometimes clan interactions just demand it. Like uh, I will have said multiple times that whenever I'd go to a tournament, usually with my partner, Max there, um, uh, he's my he's my co-tie buddy. Um, he's playing crab, and I would sit there and I would live tweet a lot of the games. I don't watch his games because A, he's playing crab, and then B, when he's uh playing against dragon, that is just a game that would last two hours if there wasn't a timetable involved. Like some inherent parts of the game just demanded time sinks, and all those could have left. And that's when both clans have direct answers to each other's strategy, basically, right? Um, it's because um, if you have, have like two clans that are playing to two different like uh, win conditions, like for instance, if Crane's going for honor or Lion's going for honor or something, but then the other clan is going for domination win, that's probably a quicker game, right? Uh... I mean, so you're 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 talking about something that actually because you mentioned that you played only like the tail end of the original game, right? I actually didn't play any of the CCG whatsoever. So the original CCG had a major problem where honor decks and dishonor decks inherently stalled each other out, and nice. it was literally better to at this if like I'm playing Crane and you're playing Scorpion and we sit down at the table. It is better for both of us to just like, hey, let's just roll a die because at the end of the uh, there wasn't a tiebreaker system of rules. So at the end, of, when the clock goes out, we're gonna have to like roll off for victory anyway. So I'm like, just let's just do like roll off now and go get lunch or something, right? Uh, because a dishonored deck trying to take some of the honors down and some an honor deck trying to boost their honor up and neither side are attacking. That was a system of like both sides going at each other <laughs> and no one's making any progress that wasn't quite the same in this game it's just like the crab archetype is to wait people out and the dragon deck had a lot of endurance so it it, it refuses it refused to be waited out <laughs> uh, gotcha okay that makes sense. So they would just like like it would be like dragon attacks bounces, dragon attacks bounces, dragon attacks bounces for four hours. That makes sense. So you're mentioning that you know they if they made some if they smoothed out the rules like you put it rather than just man if they would have started with skirmish first maybe you know like, I don't know maybe uh, as I understand it like the skirmish like what skirmish became is the remnants of what core 2.0 was playing around with now this is all like hearsay and like uh nothing's confirmed and stuff but as i understand it like that's kind of like where skirmish erupted from and it's just a matter of like playing with little things to i would admit the game needed to be uh sped up a bit and stuff i personally like rally i know a lot of the people who are currently doing efforts to um match what the game is right now are all very confident like take rally out of the game because it just like having a consistent dynasty um is detrimental to the fun of the game i will say um, yeah, there's rules that can be edited and stuff, but um, I think focusing too much on the card game mechanics as the reason why the game was unsuccessful is kind of a trap. 
<laughs> I mean, yeah, there's always ways that you can improve and enhance the card game, the playing the game experience. Um, I don't, I think that is a far more secondary and tertiary issue compared to, hey, what are the barriers of entries for people? Coming in, learning how to play the game, how to gain access to the cards, how to get to access to tournaments, you know, um, what do they get from engaging with this OP thing? You know, I think all of that stuff was the things that really got detrimental um, to uh, limiting the success of this game. Gotcha. Some more of the strategy of release, the format of how they release these cards and then everything yeah. with OP. Because I tell you what, my little dirty secret. We we're talking about um, in the other recording when we sat down with the RPG folks. Uh, people were talking about like, you know what, the card, the rules for the old CCG were not that great and stuff. And you know what, I agree. Neither were these ones. I personally, I don't want to speak for everybody, but I don't necessarily care about the mechanics of the game for as important for the life of the game more so of like the fun of interacting with the community and i think the like the methods of interacting with the community were really hampered by fantasy flights uh decisions and kind of lack of decisions more like neglect that's what i want to put like say that fan, like five r is unique in this one it was pointing out like a lot of their games that are under their organized play structure or were um Feel this too. Like you can go on Fantasy Flight's website or their social medias and see them talking about Keyforge or Star Wars any day of the week and stuff. If you're an Arkham fan, if you're like uh, you know, one of these other games fans and stuff, you get like a piece of information every once in a while, and then you just quietly sunset, right? <laughs> well, Arkham less so. I feel like they're pretty vocal about Arkham, but every other game, yeah, basically. And again, I'm not too familiar with, you know, the only time I tend to hear about a lot of these games is when they're being, you know, sunset. <laughs> Something terrible's happening, yeah. You know, you brought up a really good point, and, and I'm, I guess I'm um, talking about something. <laughs> All of your points are absolutely great. But you're right that in any in any service or product, any kind of goods that a business plans to sell, People are not buying your product because they love your product. They're buying it because they love what you believe in. And you can tell really early on with, with um, you know, how the developers were talking about the game and the different dev diaries and stuff that you can tell that they, the individuals who make the game have love, passion, they're fans in and of themselves. But when you start seeing how the game is managed you know further up the ladder then it's like you're not quite sure they believe in this game as strongly as the people who are actually working on it and i think that the uh, the community picks up on that and that's kind of uh, amb ambiguous it's real it's not a very tangible thing to grasp onto but it's it is real though and something I always try to avoid uh you know with various degrees of success is like Putting too much onto, uh, like, inferring too much information that I don't, like, really know the details of based off of, like, the optics outside and how things get moved around. But, you know, now I'm sitting, when I'm sitting here being bitter and angry and also, like, it clearly something's going around, you see a lot of red flags throughout, like, what FFG does now and throughout the life of 
uh, Legend of the Five Rings card game specifically. Like, red flag number one, the entire team that developed uh, this version of the card game are no longer part of the company very soon after the launch of this game. Mm-hmm. That's concerning. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and Tyler, who has been on this podcast, uh, I consider him a good friend. I love him. And he has done, I think, an amazing job trying to balance this game that he was given. Because uh, <coughs> um, balancing seven clans with perpetual product is a nightmare. And I don't uh, begrudge anyone. Like, and You know, actually, I'll take that back. It probably shouldn't be one person. It probably should be a team of people. But in fact, it's one person. Not as a one person is someone who is was an intern prior to this one that's very like dismissive saying like oh tyler's just a you know tyler is a very intelligent person and he has a lot of background uh with ffg's games as a play tester and um in their community and as a competitive card player stuff. he knows a thing or two and stuff but the news of hey the people who have developed this game know have left and we're just going to chuck it over to um you know a person who have all this background stuff but it's still like an unproven developer who is now the head of the entire product and stuff it's just a red flag of like we as a company don't really care what happens to this right exactly right they the same love and passion was not shown from a management standpoint that Mm. the individuals working on it were all these different little problems kind of speak to that. Oh, we're going to make you buy a clan pack that, you know, and everybody's going to want to buy the same clan pack because it has answers to that clan's archetype, their win condition. We're going to combine it all together so that way everybody has to buy it. That speaks to the business rather than we're going to make something that specifically you crab players are going to love this. And it's, it's just a crab pack, you know, and then we're going to distribute all of these, all the cards like this, where it's all specific this is for your clan instead of all combined into a big core set kind of thing. I don't know. That's how I feel about it. There's a lot of, um, I don't want to like harp too much about the distribution of the, the um, normal packs, you know, because we started off with the a couple of cycles of six packs in six weeks, which early on was very good because, you know, even despite by, you know, spending 120 freaking dollars for three core sets and somehow only have like a bare experience, uh, bare minimum card pool of, you know, cards I could play with this game and stuff. Uh, it was very clear that we needed to have a rapid injection of cards into the card pool to have dynamic decks. So the first round or two of six packs in six weeks was very good. Um, yeah, that was awesome. Then they kept doing it, and it wasn't as good because, um, for one, there was like you, you couldn't get excited for any given act to come out because, like, by the time I've unloaded this car, this pack, and looked at the thing and like try to figure out how it fits in the meta, there's a new card pack coming right around the corner. The meta is going to change. There's no point in like figuring out what this one pack is going to do, unless there was a coat I was going to that's going to happen. Like, okay, only pack three is going to be out by the time this coat is good. That's the only time I care about, like, you know, what an individual pack has, you know. Mm. Uh, that was a, something that financially 
didn't run people the right way and stuff. But there's also like, yeah, you mentioned the the clan pack specifically, like the scorpion pack or the crab pack or the lion pack. Um, clearly, they had it on a bulletin point of we are going to release cards in this manner. Exactly. And like the meta of the game did not support that. Like, yeah, you're going to give me clan packs that have other clans cards in it, but you're not going to give me a pre-constructed deck to help me jump into the game a little bit later too. Like, yeah. because you, it, it's it's it you know, and it's not even hindsight. It's very clearly as it's happening that hey, you don't know. I, I point to you, nameless designer, because we even know Tyler was joining at the time and stuff. Like whoever's designing the game and stuff. You don't know unless you're really good at play testing, which we know they're not because they have like a very small <laughs> play test that they only gave like a very limited amount of time to uh, play test the game. You know, the play testers all over the place who, who are very vocal about like, you know, how little opportunity they have to really like interact and like give feedback and how much and Tyler's even been on this podcast talking about how much he can like take that feedback and actually make meaningful decisions. And that's how he like defaulted like, well, it's just going to like nerf all these cards to being worthless cardboard because I can't, I don't have the time or bandwidth to make it something interesting. So let's just make it worthless. But um, <laughs> so clearly they don't have a massive thing to know exactly what the meta is going to be at the time. So if you're going to make a thing like, okay, in the middle of summer, we're going to have a scorpion pack come out. Guess what? Scorpion is at the top of the, of the meta right now. What are you going to do with the Scorpion oh, pack? That man. is just completely yeah. like, you know, either this pack is going to be worthless because you can't make Scorpion stronger and have the game be balanced, or you make it a, a really cool pack and then Scorpion goes from dominant to being it's completely pointless talking about anything that's not Scorpion in this game. Yep. You know, and I think that pack, kind of, like most of the clan packs, fell into the worthless category and stuff. I think 90%, 95% of all those clan packs were just garbage. Yeah. Not really any, a whole, anything special out of them. Yeah. Yep, you're exactly right. There's a lot of, a lot of waste in these cards, a lot of, a lot of uh, coasters, as some may say. I mean, it's very clear that they weren't going to do that before. And it's also, it's weird that, uh, like, I was going to say, they have the data to say, like, the game's going to keep going. They're never going to do these clan packs again because clearly, like, it's just unbalanced. You know what? They already had this data because they did, from what I understand, they did the exact same thing with Game of Thrones. Well, the Game of Thrones people were just saying, like, yeah, the freaking, uh, you know, whenever uh, a, a house pack would come out, that house would be super dominant until, like, the next house came out, you know? <laughs> and it's been three years since they started doing this stuff. We're still waiting for a Greyjoy or whatever deck to come out. <laughs> I'm, I'm just naming random Game of Thrones things. I don't know that, this, but the, the, the point stands, you know? Yeah, no, you're exactly right, though. Like, they have the law of numbers on their side. They've have, Learned they have the experience. Before. Yeah, they've <laughs> done it before, right. So, hmm. That's a good point. All of your points um, are good points. Weird to mention this. There, there, there is the... So I've always been on this podcast harping on like, oh man, I want story prizes. Because again, to me, the heart of L5R is the multimedia aspect of it. Like it's not so much that I'm playing the game. Like the fact that Rally exists in the cards is not nearly important to me as the fact that I can go and fly to Texas and part play in a tournament and have uh, the 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 strength of what I do in that tournament have a permanent effect on the storyline of the game. 
that's what's more important to me about mm -hmm. L5R. You know, I don't care about Rally or whatever whatever else is on there. Um, no, you're exactly right. It it wasn't that we're all waiting for what's when's the Oni going to show up. We're all waiting for that awesome mega game where we get all of our friends together to play RPG, LCG, and everything together. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like it's 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 a huge rallying thing. It gets people excited. And also, compared to like all the garbage like price support that they're making, it's also really cheap. It's actually like really cheap <laughs> just to make a fiction that doesn't. You don't have to print anything just to make a fiction that you're going to post post digitally online. You know, <laughs> you pay the yeah. writer who <laughs> you're going to pay anyway, and then boom, it's done. But um, yeah, they were very hesitant on like because we have some very famous examples of the story going crazy in AEG's time. Um, and there was promises of like, well, the story is going to be more contained and controlled in this version and stuff. And not really. It like just went on forever and nothing ever got resolved. Like it was, it's been, been a year and a half since Daisetsu or no, since Satori stabbed the emperor. And people are just not finding about that. I, I've been talking about like in the last inter interview with Jeannie in the, in the, podcast we just did on the, uh, their podcast um it's been like two years since the the pack where that was supposed to be the start of the crane clan civil war started um now the game is dead it's been like two years taru still doesn't know her brother's even mad at her or is making a bid <laughs> for the, the crane throne you know it's ridiculous yep. gone nowhere slowly <laughs> That definitely, I mean, I think that just speaks more and more to the fact that they weren't planning on this ending, and they were, this is like an upstairs order kind of thing. They were planning on the long story. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. The fiction still continues anyway, though. I guess. Yeah, there's, there's very clear signs of, like, if, even with the, the underfooling shadow, uh, and talk about, like, how they're going to wrap up the story and stuff. It's 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 L five R one hundred one to know how the clan wars erupts into the day of uh, rolls into the day of thunder. You know, the mm -hmm. um, fact that we did not even get to the day of thunder kind of speaks volumes to how quickly this the even the limited lifespan of this game has been cut short. You know, part of that is probably due to COVID. Let, let's give proper words due. Uh, the pandemic has probably you know walked over. A lot of plans that were in the works. Right. Um, you know what? Reforge is not being sunsetted right now. You know, of the uh, what's the other one? Star Wars Destiny. I can't even remember what all they're doing and stuff. But you know, not all of FFG's products uh, have been sunsetted in the light of the struggles of the COVID nineteen pandemic that we're. And you figured right they were in advantage because most of their workforces contract at this point so they're like okay well we don't have any work for you to do so you know you don't have to pay them <laughs> like i guess right but you know what was it really costing them for not being able to just just to keep l5r running at post pandemic how much would it really cost them i guess is what i'm wondering at this point this, this that's a, a level of like business management that i'm not going to be arrogant enough to comment on because I don't know the yeah. logistic contracts that they have going on. I've also heard some rumors, uh, you know, about their financial situation. Uh, and like, if, 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 
now that I don't care, I'll, I'll just talk about like keep in mind these are rumors and stuff, but I've heard that um their recent licenses like so they've got deals this the Star Wars deal with Disney and now they have a Marvel one and they got to pay you know fees on that one every year or whatever I don't know how often they got to pay it, but they, they owe money for that stuff right they've got dividends the quotas they got to meet and stuff and uh since you know there's a pandemic going on they're not making that money so money's going to get sucked from other places and stuff so there's a chance all speculation here but there's a chance where l5r has died to pay for marvel superheroes that's a non-zero possibility going on here <laughs> gotcha my, my over, overall point remains that like you know FFG did not cancel all of their games because of the pandemic. You know, <laughs> I'm sh- positive it was a factor in all of this, but it was not the factor. <laughs> you know, yeah. Just wish I knew what was the differentiating factor between, like, putting this game on hold, putting the releases on hold, and bringing it back later, versus nope, this is marked as complete. We're not returning to this format. Yeah. Uh, I can only imagine. Well, I've been complaining almost since it happened two years ago where uh, at Gen Con where uh, Keyforge was at, where um, this is the whole, like, during that summer of, like, the Echo Charge Bird was destroying Gen Con and stuff. There was, there was a lot of issues going on with Alphavar at that time, you know, because there's always issues with Alphavar, which, hey, you know, that's also a red flag. There's always issues with this game, you know, <laughs> from an yeah. administrative level and stuff. But, yeah, when we went to Gen Con 20, was it, 18? Boy, they had... Keyforge posters everywhere. They had that giant Keyforge prize wall where they're selling beanies and hoodies and like uh, t-shirts. And they had a like a guitar. They had a display case, and they had a private streaming uh, section, which they've never like. I we, we went through like a couple of years of like trying to like how do we get streaming for our game? And back when Netrunner was still around, like the fan community that would go on to become uh the fan run nisei company and stuff now uh they had to fund their own uh, efforts to get a streaming efforts uh at gen con and stuff but boy ffg showed up money for keyforge streaming and they had those little uh vending machines where you could buy a keyforge deck and stuff you know oh boy Mm. when the company when the when the product makes money you know they care but you know the question becomes like is Keyforge an inherently more compelling game than L5R, or is just the business model of hey, Keyforge business model demands that you buy a new starter every time for uh, every time you play for a relatively low investment. Like I could just go and pay ten dollars or fifteen dollars for a Keyforge and either play it once or never play it again, right? Yeah. Oh, sure, you're going to make more money than that. Then, like, hey, guys, you want to spend $120 for just the core set <laughs> yeah. of this game? No, no it's exactly ridiculous. Right. It's just an inherently more profitable business model. So, yeah, they made more money of it. And then they, and, and instead of like, hey, let's promote some of these other games, let, let's put all our decks behind Keyforge. Um, so, one of my other rants from that weekend and from like, um, I've been noticing for a while Fantasy Flight, when they go to Gen Con or these other shows, but specifically Gen Con, 
they have this massive area in the dealer's room and stuff. So they have this one area where it's like, here's where we're selling product and stuff. And there's this whole area around it where they have like the, an army of volunteers to run demos for all of their games. Uh, that same year, and for well, compared to other years, but we haven't, you know, pandemics and stuff, they haven't had an L5R demo. Hmm. Can't tell me that Fantasy Flight was giving a really solid effort to sell this game, and they don't even have fucking demos at Gen Con. <laughs> yeah, no, it was too You know, they they didn't want to teach those rules. It's too many rules. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> but sure, yeah. I mean, there, there's like no one's got the patience. The, the rules are so complicated. That no one's got the patience to sit for a demo for you know, <laughs> I can I can hear that argument and stuff. You know. Um, there's also just something where I think L5R as a property in general, this is where we get a, a away from the card game, but just the property in general, like where pop culture and the gaming culture is right now. I've said this before. Um, in a world where Game of Thrones is no longer around, that's kind of left a void, and L5R very cleanly slots in it's like hey this is kind of like Elf- this is like game of thrones but with samurai though like right that you get in touch with the politics and the warring the different family feuds and stuff yeah i mean i think that's a void that could be filled by l5r that is like it's going nowhere like no one's trying like from the company like that's going nowhere right now in a world where critical role has taken Tabletop RPGs to an all-time high in popularity. To the moon, yeah. And L5R is one of the most distinct tabletop RPG properties out there, and is like, where is FFG's like you know team of people trying to do like uh, role play? Like they did a couple of like one shots and stuff, but like, you know, who's doing the L5R Critical Role style stream right now to try to really sell this game? Uh, when I mm-hmm. mentioned a couple of uh, months ago when Cyberpunk 2077 came out and stuff, like, oh, here's an entire video game. Well, okay, in a world where 27, Cyberpunk 2077 comes out and isn't like, you know, <laughs> a huge buggy mess and huge controversy yeah. and stuff, you know, it, like, it's, it still made a bunch of money. And, you know, when video game companies see, like, oh, they have this, like, very binary thing, like, Cyberpunk 2077 it is a role-playing game that is now a video game that makes lots of money. Uh, which RPG can we go out there and buy the rights to to make a video game and make a bunch of money and stuff? You know, even if the project fails, like yeah. why is that conversation not going on right now? Oh, yeah, okay, it's not like there's not a market for it. People love their magical flying samurai. I mean, people loved Ghost of Tsushima when it came out. Well, so Tsushima just came, like, yeah, the, uh, the 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 notion that samurai are not markable right now and stuff, I, like, hard object to. And as also as a disclaimer, I actually don't know if anyone at Fantasy Flight is talking to any kind of video game companies to make a video game project. You know, that's that's all speculation. It, you know, maybe that's if, what they meant when they hinted towards something else coming up now. <laughs> maybe. Uh, I, it, 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 like, it, it's, it, it's one part of me being very bitter and angry right now but it's also like i said like what as a music consumer seeing their track record what could fantasy flight make that i would be willing to invest time and commitment to you know um honestly if 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 they made like battle for rokugan i think they like lost the rights to that game because that was actually just a reskin of a different game that they could no longer do anymore oh (laughs) that makes sense 
completely like uh discontinued that line and they can't like legally do that again as far as it that's, plays just like the game of thrones board game of the same variety it, it's it's what it is yeah. <laughs> uh but you know let's say with like a different l5r board game and stuff i'm not going to play that i don't think unless it was a really good board game uh because like i'm not getting the l5r experience from the board game and stuff like again like what's about this i play twilight imperium every once in a while and stuff i'm not like flying out to texas to play twilight imperium and hanging out in twilight imperium forums talking about you know the whatever faction you know i think humans are the most busted faction but that's a that's a tangent i'm not getting into today. <laughs> Yeah, no, there have been other varieties of board games so far. You're right. There's like one that was like you're a shinobi that is trying not to, to get detected and you're trying to complete certain objectives. That was a really old oh, yeah. one from AEG. I remember that one. It's garbage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It never seemed to leave the shelves at my local uh, FLGS, but you know. Yeah. I I attended uh AG used to have these big board uh, board game nights and stuff. Like once the all the tournaments are ended, you can go to the card hall late night and like demo and try out all of their upcoming products that are coming out there and stuff. Um yeah, the guy who sat us down didn't know the rules that we spent like two hours trying to figure out the rules, never figured it out and stuff. I eventually found like hooked up with some friends later. Uh, we figured out how to play it and stuff, and it was like, oh, this game's kind of trash, you know. But that's like, you know, what I'm saying. Like, even at the height of its popularity in the old game, like a five R side product, it's nice, it's cute, but it's not going to scratch the same itches that a mainline product are and stuff, you know. I love um five R's version of Love Letter. I mean, it's just Love Letter. Oh yeah, you know? yes. <laughs> I have that, and I play that often. <laughs> You know, and AG's released a number of like little like quick board game setups. I've got like a pile of cards of some sort of like strategic game that's not L5R, but it's got L5R characters. I have no idea what it is and stuff, but that like it, it's to my point, you know, like something a product with L5R on it is not the same thing as like what me as a lifelong L5R community enthusiast is really after, right? Mm-hmm. Would you say that if if FFG is coming out with another tabletop product for Legend of the Five Rings, that we're not going to find that in a competitive sense? We're, it's not going to be a competitive tabletop game in like a organized play kind of way. I mean, I don't know. I would say no, just because like speculate, like an outsider looking in it looks a lot like FFG slash Asmodee, just like is tired of doing anything organized play related at all anyway it just wants to it, like wants to wash their hands of that so on that sense i don't think there's going to be more organized play games coming from them like this uh b yeah. uh, i don't think i don't know when the cooldown is of like okay so a bunch of people just found out that all their l5r cards are basically worthless uh, unless the next thing that comes out like happens to be compatible with existing L5R cards, which a caveat that really happened because FFG has garbage distribution. So like, oh boy, it's compatible with all these old cards. Good luck finding them because all these stores around here stop carrying them and you can't even order it from FFG <laughs> because their warehouse is crap and their distribution is crap. But yeah, like 
I'm someone start who, learning how to print my own cards. <laughs> yeah, who'd sit here with a pile of worthless L5R cards because there's no like tournament scene for them and stuff. Like, why would I buy to another organized play thing, you know, as a consumer? Yeah, yeah so Wait. we're probably looking at something more board game-ish, maybe cooperative, like, or, or maybe something that's uh, more gimmicky, like, I was thinking Smash Up or something, but it's something that's just more contained. I mean, that's, that's more of FFG's bread and butter anyway and stuff. Uh, but yeah. you, we go back to, like, you know, are we going to see, like, you know, big fan gatherings for the L5R, you know, co-op <laughs> game? Maybe. No. Maybe well, a handful, but I don't think it's going to be, like, massive numbers that we've seen before. No. No, definitely not. I, I wonder, though, how, what kind of ramp ramifications this will have on the community and how we interact with one another. I know there's going to be online uh, tournaments that are still ran by the community, so there's still going to be the sense of clan identity. You know, people who are like, I play Dragon, but as long as you can play online. So that's still going to be a thing that's that's going to be a part and integral for our community, at least. But what well, else guess- might we be losing? I said before of like officially what we know is going on is that the RPG line is still going on. The story air quotes is still going on in some faction. Although because we don't have any like roadmap or clear indication of how it's going to think like it's all up in the air about how all that's going to go on and stuff. We were just on a podcast with Max Williams not too long ago. Uh, and he talked about like, you know what? When Netrunner ended, FFG said there's going to be more Netrunner stories, and there hasn't been a single Netrunner story come out since uh, that thing ended. So, you know, <laughs> if I go back in my yeah. bitterness, I just don't trust FFG, whatever they say, you know. But um, there is a fan effort to look into continuing the card game Um some fact it's, it's all it's very early i'm mean, keeping my leg like, as we're recording this like that we've we are not even a week into the news that ff that the card game is dead so everything is still very on let's see what these projects are going i can tell you what my hopes and dreams are uh my hope is and i see a lot of people when they're talking about these projects right now they talk about like as we said the, the card interactions like what are the rules and stuff what are the what are the, what are the strengths and weaknesses and what, what uh mechanics should we take out and stuff like before card mechanics and balance are even discussed i think like a lot of care needs to go into like the structure of what a fan project like this is going to be what their goals are and i think at the core of it it needs to be a very robust organized play like i what i want and what i think is the best for the future of the game no matter what it is is Give people a reason to fly to Texas or Toronto or what fly, you know, to do a fan gathering to participate in a coordinated, organized event. Mm-hmm. Um, without that, I don't think it's going to be much of anything. I don't want to, I don't, I don't want to like, you know, poo poo fan efforts too much right now. Uh, cause I think there's a lot of good people. Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm 
not part of, I'm talking to them, kind of like seeing like what my involvement can or could or should be with all of that stuff. Uh, me and you uh, talking, like we were all talking about like, like, what is this Discord? What are these podcasts? What are all of this? What are all of our futures going to be in relation to mm-hmm. this game and this property? Um, yeah, it's too early to determine like what anything can is or should be and stuff. But I do think, in my heart of hearts, uh, kind of a, um, I think a robust, enthusiastic, organized play initiative has to be at the heart of whatever happens going up going forward or what we're just going to see is you know the game is going to devolve into you know a series of like niche pockets we'll just kind of like chuck along you know there'll be like kind of like how there's a handful of people who you can find in a corner playing the star wars you know card game or whatever other dead <laughs> game and stuff like you know people exist yeah you know, they're not going to major events to do it and stuff nisei uh, this Netrunner initiative and stuff, from what I hear, is very good and like one of the like the premier um, fan run relaunches of these kind of projects and stuff. But even then, like I don't like I, I, I'm speculating too much. I'm actually talking to uh, let's get to, to announce it. Uh, let me pull up information. I am a talking to Serenity Storm Tamer right now, who is the community manager for Nisei Project. Uh, she's been getting a lot of inf- uh, like emails from folks from the L5R community because <laughs> we all want to talk to her uh, uh, and them about um, what they did to kind of keep their game going on. And uh, I plan on having her on in a week or so to talk about Nisei and how they did. And See what's going on going forward. So there's still hope. Yeah, that actually be a really cool, a really interesting listen to because the Jade Court um, organized play. They said they're basing their structure and how they're going to be approaching organized play based on how uh, Nisai's done theirs. So mm-hmm. that that'll uh, give folks a bit of a foreshadow or a bit of um, a view into the future. Listen into your episode or your interview on that. Uh, there's also um, old L5R community member David Lapp from Pinebox Entertainment has very vocally said that he has reached out to FFG uh, to propose a bid about licensing L5R card game into something that he might want to do. I mean, that's the width and breadth of the information I have, he has said he has reached out to them and he's gotten an email and he's going to send them a proposal. No idea nice. what or could go from there and stuff. But for people who don't know, uh, David Lapp, um, he started Pinebox Entertainment and he has uh, done essentially a more professional version of a fan revival that he's done with Doomtown, which is also a cowboy is a cowboy western game that was from AEG. That's also a product that. Um, uh, got discarded. So he has a known track record of taking an IP and reviving it in a legal way. So keep in mind, with uh, Nisei and fan run projects and stuff, there's a lot of stuff you got to do to kind of like dance the line to avoid copyright infringement. Um, and it can never be more than like a fan of uh, thing. Um, that means if like if the game got super popular and super profitable, that means fancy flight lawyers have to show up sooner or later later 
to make sure that their intellectual property is protected. It doesn't even matter if the individual people, if the company care or not and stuff like legally, they have to to protect their their license. Um, yeah. Yep. Yep. So, yep. That means you got to be really careful with using likenesses, with using any iconography, any uh, art asset, assets, or even names specifically from the IP. So you know, I know the community is going to be doing a lot of homebrew stuff, but be really careful about, especially if you have the intention of selling it or making any kind of money off of it. Please yeah. be careful. <laughs> uh, there's a there's a huge legal landmine about like the like how big a fan project can even potentially get and stuff. Uh, if David Lapp is able to license out the property and like do a let's just say a CCG or something that he's just like, hey, this is a new game license from thing, and then he is kind of like good to go as long as he holds on to the license or whatever agreement he comes to with Fantasy Flight and stuff. So uh, I think. So, if people want a legally sound future for L5R, I think that is the best way forward mm -hmm. for a card game. Mm -hmm. But, like, that depends on A, FFG, you know, agreeing to such things. And depending on the terms of the contracts, or like, you know, a whole bunch of legalese that I don't know and I'm not in a position to really talk about and stuff, uh, you know, all that stuff could just, like, to burn up because you know ffg just kind of stops things sometimes because someone some admin somewhere in their chain of command just decided like this is no longer worth our time or energy to keep doing it so <laughs> yeah well we talked about a lot uh i don't know if we talked enough about how you feel personally i think i kind of stomped all over your feelings just to talk about speculation sorry about that <laughs> I, I don't know. I, 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 I feel like my my feelings in the whole situation is kind of like on my sleeve right now. I'm more really, yeah. I'm not as devastated as I was the first time it happened when uh, AG lost uh, or sold the license to FFG and stuff. Because that one, that time, boy, it felt like a family member had died and stuff. And everyone kind of told, like, knew, like, this was an end of an era and something might come out of fantasy flight, but it was never going to be the same as what it used to be. Um, this isn't, this hurts, but it doesn't hurt that much. Um, it is, it, it's frustrating because like I said, I've, I've been sitting here in this podcast for the last couple of years saying like, well, that's a problem. That's a problem. That's a problem. Oh, the game's dead. Okay. Well, told you so. Uh, so there's a lot of frustration. There's a lot of I told you so. There's a lot of anger about like, boy, you guys never gave this thing a chance to begin with and stuff. Exactly. Um, That's how I feel about it. I, I feel like this game is still brand spanking new. How would you mean it's done or done? <laughs> it's really hard for me to mourn this game because I don't know if I ever really loved this game. Like I'm still more in love with the idea of like what I be truly believe L5R could become. And it never even like really approached what I think it could become. So, <laughs> so you're disappointed. You're what? Uh, you're you said you're hurt, um, but it doesn't sound like you're mad. You're not angry about it. I mean, like, who would I be about it? Like, I'm I, I'm mad at like the like again. Like, I'm not mad at Tyler. I'm not mad at Katrina. I'm not mad at like the the great people on the organized play team who did the best they could with what they had. Yeah. No, I'm mad at like basically the faceless FFG corporation, you know, which is like a, co a conglomerate of parts that are like no 
indiv- no individuals responsible for this. It's just a series of like bad decisions, you know, across the board. You know, arbitrary. Yeah. Um, me and you were talking. I think we talked about it earlier on this podcast, but like there is a weird existential crisis as individuals. Uh, like you run this Discord and oversee this podcast, and I have like you know uh, several Facebook groups and websites and this podcast, and like we are people who invest a lot of our personal time and energy into the love of this thing, this game, and like I'm like I don't want to take away from like like other fans and stuff, but we are people who like we put a lot in, and you know sometimes like roll the dice and sometimes you cash out that you left with nothing and stuff but like there's kind of an existential crisis of like who am i and what do i do without l5r and like that's an it's like it's like an inherently ridiculous and kind of pathetic statement right like is my like part of my identity is like well you know what I'll say it, yeah. Part of my identity since like high school, since I left the Navy and got into the competitive scene in 2009 and stuff, like a big part of like who I am as a person is tied to L5R. And yeah. people know game, you as the L5R guy in yeah, some I mean, spaces. Yeah, they, they, they gave that like they can't pronounce and no one fucking plays. <laughs> 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 and, and, um, like there's a question, like there's a very real, like existential crisis of who am I without this game in my life, right? Mm-hmm. And how much of like trying to enforce, like I don't again, I'm not trying to poo on the fan efforts that I'm trying to help support, but like how much of that is like chasing a ghost right like how much like what stage of uh, what what part of the grieving process is like we're in solidly in the denial stage <laughs> of grief <laughs> you know what point do we just like go on with our lives and stuff and then like let's say I, I, like i'm done let's say i wanted to wash my hands which i kind of want to do honestly but then the question is is like what out there speaks to me even in, in the remotely same way that L5R speaks to me, like what could I find it? And then let's say yeah. I found something. Let's say I found another, fa- like you know, a game, a hobby, or something in my life that I really got into and stuff. Well, this now this not where I get to like the 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 depressed teenager part of my life and stuff. Like, well, why should I try? Like, why should I? Uh, the, the, just like someone who's just been in a breakup, like, why should I be in a relationship when it's just going to end again, right? You know? <laughs> yeah. Like, like, like I, I am very hesitant to getting as involved with another hobby of some sort um, out of fear, like, like going on this particular roller coaster, you know, am I not going to spend another decade on Yu-Gi-Oh or whatever, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Back to Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> I am saying something, but you know, you know what I'm saying, right? I think you're yeah. kind of in the same fooled me a bit. Yeah, no, I feel exactly what you're feeling. So you and I are both amateurs, and in some translation of the word, that we do it for love. You know, we do it for the love of the the product of the community, and I feel like we have a lot of people in the community who are in the same boat that we are in. 
uh, with L5R, especially, there's just so much opportunity. It is it is rife with opportunity for people to be creative and to give back and to take on roles that nobody else would have given them, or maybe you know that, that's just personal perception, I guess, that we would have thought nobody else would have given us or something. But you know, now that section like the the big like the core of this product the card game is ceased you know it's complete at this point as they put it it can feel like wait there's like the doors are going to close on me like (laughs) what's going to happen um uh there's just a huge sense of uncertainty when it's brought us so much joy just allowing us to to express ourselves is that about right yeah, and you know, there's there's people who have done this song and dance before. One of the things I might want to do is reach out to some former L5R people who, when the game died the first time, they're like, "All right, now is my time to you know hang up <laughs> my you hang up my equipment and walk away while the getting's good," you know, um, uh, because you know. As sad as as weird as I'm being about it right now and stuff, I like life does go on and stuff. And honestly, if I was going to put like all this edit, like there's a lot of philosoph, like it's it's a, like wasting all my time with like magical samurai and stuff. Maybe it's just like you know go join Greenpeace or something. Do like you know put some good out into the world, right? You know, or work yeah. on my own projects for once in my life. You know, <laughs> that's actually what I'm doing right now. Uh, not to say that I'm going to leave core games or anything, right? But you know, personally, I've been. Um, there's a okay, so this is coincidental, but there's this philosophy of something called ikigai, which is a Japanese philosophy about finding a purpose in life, and yep. a lot of it takes into account what are you good at, and I feel like, or, and also what do you love, and I feel like you know you and I and everybody else who who's a voice in the community or who makes their own homebrew stuff or you know just everybody who puts work into this, even listening to others as a skill and playing and playing a game with each other and teaching each other the rules and stuff. Those are all different skills that we all pick up. And those are real translatable skills that can go into whatever you want. So even if, and it's, it's not like this yet there, you know, we we're still banding together to make things, but if you feel like the end of the LCG is the end of you being able to Put, give back to the game or to the community in the way that you want to. If it just doesn't feel like it's it's quite worth it anymore because it's not contributing to a greater goal, you know, to a big dream, which we all had for, you know, potentially for the LCG or for anything else L5R related, then take that and apply it to something that, you know, something else that the world needs. Make your own samurai game, maybe. I mean, I, I don't know, you know, make, uh, bring your your expertise to towards the RPG side of things, maybe, or like, you know, there's just a lot of avenues and maybe, maybe this uh, closed door is going to be an open window or however that saying goes. <laughs> closed I, I window, actually, open door. <laughs> I hear you. And like, this is like, you're the, like the first time I've had this like self-reflection. I think you had, you've had too and stuff. Cause mm-hmm. I know, 
you know, we don't talk about it stuff, but like, you know, when the, you know, everyone's angry in the forums for one reason or another, and like all this stress and stuff and like your personal life leads you and stuff. And you, it, it needs you. And you're just sitting there like, well, the, the, the magical samurai upset about petty bullshit, you know? <laughs> and you're just like, like, my wife's in a hospital right now. Like, I don't, I can't deal with this horse crap right now. You know, mm-hmm. it becomes a situation of like priorities of like, when's the time to like, you know, reevaluate what's important and what you want and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. And something that this is going to be a really left field and stuff there's one thing that keeps popping back into my head. And that is, have you seen the movie Moana? Oh, you're asking me if I've seen it. Yes, I've seen it. The, like one of the opening musical numbers where it's like Moana's like thing, uh, like her, like this is my character song, what I'm all about. Yeah. And she keep, keeps talking about like, keep i've got this life it's a good life everything's good but you know what the water keeps calling me and it feels like whenever i try to walk away or do something and you know do something more productive or more impactful or more maybe something more peace of mind more financially lucrative or just anything else you know and I start getting like my my heckles up to go like I'm gonna go off and do this other stuff that would be so much better for me personally and professionally or whatever and stuff. Then I stop. Then I look at the water. The water is L5R. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. No. Exactly. Uh, it's calling me. <laughs> exactly. You, you know the things that I've been trying to do for L5R are in a way like chasing a dream of elevating l5r to the status of like D or something like oh man um but you're right you know it's it's dangerous in those waters there's no real guarantee that any of us can make that a reality or even that all of us together can make that a reality so yeah oh um it's a good point to end it right now we'll see uh where this all goes um we are not without hope i'm not i don't want to be too bleak you know but like things are not looking good but there's still hope yeah um we're all still friends we're all still together the community is is still here we're saying sure i was like yeah sure whatever (laughs) (laughs) no (laughs) like you Please be my friend. Yeah. Uh, and there, there is that, like the, the, I hope, you know, on paper, nothing's stopping us from all like hopping on a plane to Texas and meeting up for an event and stuff. Right. Um, you know, the reality is like, we need a strong, like core reason to do that. And I, I hope we get that reason once again. You now, mm-hmm. you know, they may take away our card games and our RPGs and Legend of the Five Rings entirely, but they'll never take away our love for samurai, anime, whatever else. We, we're still a tribe around these different things that just happen to be in L5R. You know? We still have we our memories ne- together, too. Yep. Yeah. Never be stopped um, unless people cancel us for appropriating Japanese culture, which. <laughs> <laughs> Low yeah. key, I, I wonder if that'll ever happen every day. <laughs> All right, Sebastian. Uh, I think we're going to call it here today. I'm not going to, you know, 
There's other things that court games, <laughs> the court games brand is still doing. Me and you have to have a conversation sooner or later about what the heck this is all going to be. This particular wing of it's going to be, but we'll figure something out. <laughs> I'm gonna throw you into an actual play podcast. We're gonna get you in the RPG oh, side of things, buddy. <laughs> you know, actually, you know, I will give a final shout out and stuff to my buddies over at the Splinters of Jade podcast who invited me to be an NPC for the current story arc. I agreed to do this uh, several months ago and stuff, but by the nature of like the the, um, uh, they record like once a month, so it was like fall when I rogered up for this. Now me being trapped plowing snow all the time means I've missed like the last two or three sessions. I feel so bad. <laughs> Oof. No, it's been but, uh, crazy. It really has been this year. Well, it would snow, especially for you during all of winter. I mean, I will like Loki. Kind of glad I've been doing like fifteen-hour shifts uh, every day for the last week because it's giving like a lot of time to like distract me <laughs> from my thoughts. Uh-huh. Sometimes I just get angry and stuff. Like, you know what? Maybe I could just drive this truck right through this car in front of me. <laughs> hey, oh, you, no. Goku. <laughs> <laughs> no, for uh, sure. Let's see. In the near future, like for the next like week, week or a couple of weeks and stuff, I plan on talking to, like I said, um, uh, Serenity from Nisei Project. We're gonna do, talk to Tyler sometime this week to do a postmortem on the game. Keep in mind, he is a he is a man with a job. He can only say so much, and he's probably said most of what he can say uh, about the whole situation on his on the website and on Twitter. Uh, but we're talking, you know, maybe we'll just talk about Halo or something, you know, just do it like <laughs> nice can talk about how he feels. You can't put an NDA on feelings. No, he's a, he's a, he's a company man. The corporate America can absolutely censor your feelings, son. <laughs> <laughs> they will shut that shit down. <laughs> and, uh, you know, from now, I'm just uh, playing it by ear. And also, I'm still stuck doing snow. So who knows when I get, like, release schedule is going to be spotty at best. <laughs> so <laughs> um, to speak on some things that Quirk Games is going to be doing here uh, throughout throughout the rest of this year so we've depending on when this comes out perhaps uh, this will be the weekend of the deadline to our ongoing contest for one page adventures for the rpg you know this is an lcg podcast so i'll just bring it up anyway because it's something we're doing and uh speaks to how we're continuing our efforts to continue uplifting the community doing things for the community we want to do more events throughout the rest of this year and uh, we want to focus on engagement getting in touch with the community and just being a fan, you know, that's, that's really the heart of it all, you know? I hear you. All right, well, I will see you all later, and if I am being pissy on the internet, I apologize. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working through some things right now. Just give me my space. <laughs> all right. I'll see you. See you around, everyone. I've been staring at the edge of the water long as I can remember, never really knowing why. I wish I could be the perfect daughter, but I come back to the water no matter how hard I try. Every turn I take, every trail I track, every path I make, every road leads back to the place I know where I cannot go, where I long to be. See the line where the sky meets the sea, it calls me, and no one knows how far it goes.
everything is by design.